Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V Radio. Good afternoon, and welcome to this edition of V Radio. Um, today we have actually kind of a rare treat um, because a member of Zeitgeist Egypt is in was in Teamspeak, so we just decided to bring this report to you here on V Radio. Uh, it'll also be, I guess, streamed in Teamspeak as well. Um, for those of you who are just tuning in, um, we are going to welcome Gamo to the show. Gamo, welcome to V Radio. Hello, and uh, hello, everybody. Uh, I hope you are well. Excellent. Um, you're going to want to mute, uh, or unless, like, is that your speakers? Yeah, like, okay, you're not listening to the show. You're just, there we go. Now I can't hear you. Or I can't hear me, rather. <laughs> it's okay. I can't hear you. You can hear me okay, though? Yeah. Excellent. You are very clear. Excellent. Well, welcome to V Radio, and thank you for giving us this opportunity. Um, well, I guess just to get started, I know that you've probably already answered some of these questions in uh, TeamSpeak, but one of the reasons I wanted to do this on V Radio was because we record them, and that way it'll be you know easy for our listeners to pick up on them later. Uh, I guess to get started, first of all, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and how you got involved in the Zeitgeist movement. Uh, well. Um I was introduced uh, to Zeitgeist movement uh, by an internet friend. He lives in Australia and uh, he was talking to me a lot. I joined uh, accidentally. Um, uh, I uh, I was trying to speak and I was amazed by uh, by uh, the people in there. Uh, very nice people talking about uh, extremely nice topics and. And uh, I didn't know that uh, that uh, I didn't know what's really going on in the world uh, until I was introduced to Zeitgeist Movement and watched their videos. Well, that's excellent. Um, I guess did you start with Zeitgeist Addendum then? Yeah. And uh, then I got obviously. Did you ever get to see Zeitgeist moving forward? Uh, this is uh, the most recent one. Yes. No, I was more uh, more in uh, the situation in Egypt, the current situation. Yeah, I suppose it was kind of bad timing, although there are a lot of people in the movement um, uh, who would like to see you guys be able to do screenings there. I mean, we'll try to figure out a way to do that because you guys are now in a position um, in Egypt that there are going to be a lot of people asking questions about what to do next, and we could offer them something better. Um, but don't endanger yourself to do that. In, in any case, um, I guess, well, let's just get started with, uh, and how how did it get started, at least from your perspective? You know, do you, do you remember the, the beginning of all of this? Because I kind of got into it a little late myself as far as what's going on in Egypt because I don't really pay attention to the mainstream media. I recently have been tuning into Al Jazeera quite a bit, which seems to be a great news network for figuring this stuff out. But go ahead and give me your impression. Uh, okay. Uh, it uh, it all started with uh, the government being a dictatorship and eliminating any political uh, uh, opponent. Um, uh, there is no freedom at all, uh, and um, I am a bit worried about my future, about uh, the salary I get. Uh, most of the Egyptian young men uh, seek traveling and working in Europe or uh, North American countries. Uh, because of uh, the economical situation, uh, so 
we are here in Egypt. You are very uh, patriotic people. So uh, young men started forming groups on Facebook and Twitter and Internet in general to discuss what they cannot discuss in the streets, to form groups that uh, they cannot uh, create in the real world. Um, we uh, we had a lot of uh, of protests of protests, but they were never never at uh, this size. Uh, I can tell you that it started with um, a young girl, uh, perhaps between uh, 19 and 20 and 26 years old. Um, she she called for uh, for a protest uh, in Egypt, and she said that she will go out even if uh, even if it was her uh, alone. She went there, and uh, the protest was large. Uh, so after that, uh, this was uh, the sixth uh, the sixth of April, by the way. Uh, they formed uh, an internet group uh, on uh, the Facebook called uh, uh, the 6th of April, Young Men. Uh, after that, uh, and after what happened in Tunisia, the revolution in Tunisia, uh, this girl, girl called again for uh, another protest, and she said even if she was alone again, uh, she will do it. And But this time, this time, uh, a lot of people responded. For the first time, normal citizens, citizens who are not interested in any politics or anything, they just want to change the way they live. They want to live more freely. They do not want to live in fear of the state, of the law, or of the policeman. That's excellent. So, uh, actually, a female, I guess, was kind of the the first to to get started. You know, and we always get all these, you know, uh, ridiculous claims that the women in you know in Arabic countries are treated, you know, mistreated. But it was actually a, a female activist who got all of this started. That's actually very inspiring. Um, and I guess so. Now that that brings me on to the you know the next question. Then is that's how it got started, and and where is it now? Uh, I mean, is she? Is she of like a vocal person? Do we happen to have her name? Like, I, I did see a video not long ago on YouTube titled uh, "The Bravest Girl in Egypt." I don't know if that's the same person you're talking about, but um, she was kind of leading a protest, uh, like shouting things, and then people were shouting them in return. Do you, you know if that's the same girl? No, she's not uh, the same girl. I watched uh, the video. You mean? Oh, but okay. she's not uh, the same girl. Oh. Well, um, well, what's the state of things now? I mean, where did it, I mean, obviously we've we've seen a lot of the video, but what's it like, I guess, to be a you know actually somebody who lives there? Uh huh. Uh, so you are apparently asking uh, about uh, the current situation. Uh, is uh, that right? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The current situation is uh, we have a, a president with politicians surrounding him uh, most uh, the president himself is not a bad guy he is a kind good person but he, he he cannot be a president he is from the type that uh, a soldier he is a soldier you tell him to do that and he do that 
but he cannot take decisions and he cannot uh, he cannot lead uh, a country. He was always manipulated by uh, by businessmen in uh, in Alwatani political party. Uh, they are those who choose uh, who used to choose uh, the government for him, and they are those who used to manipulate. Uh, the police and the national security department. Uh, so he he does not deserve the, that uh, uh, in the way uh, he, he did all these bad things. But he was like a puppet on uh, the hands of businessmen and the other corrupt politicians. Wow. Well, yeah, it seems that's basically the case all over the world. Um, when you have a situation like that with the money system getting involved in politics, you know, and I guess that actually kind of, you know, is another reason I would hope that we'd ever be able to reach these people because, you know, honestly, just changing one dictator for another is not going to do it. You know, if, if, and any, as soon as, as long as there's money in Egypt, it, you know, you may be able to make things better, but it, it will be a repetitive problem over time. Um, I guess that's why I'm hoping that they learn their lesson from this and, and hopefully learn what the real culprit was. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, back again to the current situation in Egypt. We have uh, we have uh, businessmen who benefited uh, from uh, the previous situation, and uh, let me say the previous uh, situation because definitely uh, this revolution it changed everything. Uh, these benefit uh, these uh, businessmen uh, want uh, the situation to still. They want uh, the current regime to stay because they do not want to be questioned. Uh, if they uh, if they get questioned, I assure you they are gonna get get killed for what uh, they did to the people of Egypt and its economy. Uh, so uh, all the things you see, uh, all the camels uh, 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 ride by. Uh, by looters, by by criminals hitting uh, hitting protesters, they are hired. They are not citizens against the citizens. No, they are hired criminals by businessmen, people who have interests uh, in the current situation. So basically, kind of using the economic hitman tactics only on the people as opposed to against the state. That's really despicable when you think about it, and. Um, I guess it's basically uh, what we're looking at then is just more of the same. And I hope that people who are looking at this from the outside recognize this and see the warning signs for it because it could just as easily take place in their own countries. Uh, when we talk about things like false flag terrorism or, or various elements that are staged to create certain um, results, uh, particularly when it comes to propaganda, it's really you know, be really careful, people, when you decide what it is that you're going to believe. Now, how is it that you guys figured out that these people were paid to do this? I mean, I totally believe you. I was just wondering if there was any uh, revealing evidence that was brought out to to bring out that conclusion. Uh, well, uh, several uh, people reported uh, that uh, they tracked they tracked uh, these people and they watched them. Uh, getting paid for what they did. Wow. Yeah, that's that is totally economic hitman style stuff done in reverse. That's amazing. 
um, to see that happen. Now, I guess um, as things have been developing, I know that we talked a little bit about, you know, the, it seems like the you said that the military actually seems to be on the side of the people to some degree. Yeah, yeah. They said that they are going to be against uh, the protesters. They are uh, they are just interfering for security and no more than security. So they're basically just keeping. Yeah, I remember that, that was uh, that was reported on uh, Al Jazeera as well. Um, uh, was that you know that I guess that the they couldn't get the military to shoot protesters and that that some people were actually going to places where the military were for the sake of being safe. And it's good to see that. And you know, and I tell people this all the time on V Radio that. We can't allow ourselves to alienate our military because when things like this happen, the military is really going to be our our first line of defense to protect us against a you know a harsh regime. We have to remember that the military is made up of us. You know, it is our citizenry, um, and therefore you know we keep seeing all these pictures of people like uh, kissing policemen and stuff, and you know during the e- Egyptian riots or giving them hugs or whatever. And uh, that's something actually Charlie Veach and I talked about not long ago was the idea that we have to remember that these people, uh, these agents essentially who are, you know, working for the state, whether they're police or military, that they're people too. They come from families just like ours and that in many cases they're victims of that. And I guess now as compared from the military to the police, what is the situation with the police? Uh, The whole police uh, uh, cracked down. Uh, the whole Ministry of Interior uh, cracked down. Right now, we have no police. Uh, right now, we uh, uh, we organize the, the traffic for ourselves. Uh, me and myself have uh, to have to guard uh, the southern uh, the southern exit uh, of uh, of my place with uh, with nine other young men. Um, so it, it it is really bad feeling uh, feeling that, that um, feeling that you are not secure, but in the same time I do not like this policeman. I do not like the policeman they created for me. I like the policeman who is gonna secure me and who I feel that he he is working for me. Uh, but uh, the policeman they created feels that he is above law and he is above the citizen and I and no one in Egypt like that. Um, it it happened it happened in Egypt uh, that uh, the police were, was ordered to use pr- brutal brutal force against the protesters. Uh, so what happened? People erupted. Uh, every single Every single police station was burned and destroyed. Um, every policeman was afraid to go out with his uniform. Uh, they all took their uniforms off and left to their homes. Wow! I remember something about actually reading something about that on the internet was that they were they were taking policemen down, taking off their uniforms, and then <laughs> giving them hugs and then sending them on their way. That's you know that's a really powerful statement though when you think about it because you know they're trying to be oppressive to you and then you're being more human to them and that really is far more disarming to this this whole concept than anything else because 
it, it proves that what you're doing is actually a fight for freedom and, you know, and, and not a fight that's just going to be more oppressive and violent behavior. Now, um, I actually saw a video a while ago of some, I mean, it, frankly, it looked like a battle, but there were protesters that were fighting their way along a bridge and the police had to withdraw. They kept shooting tear gas into the, you know, into the, the crowds there, and it just wasn't stopping you guys. Do, do you know anything about that event? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, that video, and uh, uh, I am really ashamed with uh, with what the police do. But let me say something important in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the type of policemen you watched in the video are not uh, the type of policemen who were educated and they studied uh, in uh, in police academies or something. No, um, here in Egypt, uh, we have uh, we have two services. When you apply uh, here, uh, the army service is a must, by the way. Uh, when you apply, uh, we have a police service and we have army service. Uh, so, what kind of people who are choose to serve in the army and what kind of people who are choose to serve in the police? They pick uneducated, poor young men to serve in the police the kind of young men who are not gonna question their chiefs and who are gonna uh, execute orders at once uh, that's the type they they, they pick and uh, uh, they call them um, uh, c- central security force um, and uh, they are the t- a type of uneducated young men as I said so basically, they they bring in these people that they can easily easily manipulate with whatever propaganda that they have, and that's how they convince them that they're essentially on the the, the side of righteousness. Uh, I mean, is that it basically an assessment of what you mean? Is just that they take in these people who don't know any better? Uh, they use the type of people who does not know anything, who did not get any education. Ah, well. Yeah, that's always a tool of oppression. Really, is to is to limit the education of the people that you wish to control. That's one of the reasons why in the the Venus Project, the Zeitgeist Movement, we talk about the the best protection against fascism is not your hand, you know, your rifles or your handguns. It's your mind and your ability to you know critically think and to you know to pull these things apart and and recognize when somebody's trying to pull the wool over your eyes or control you. Um, and now. Uh, one of the things that came up in TeamSpeak that I want you to share with our listeners was that uh, I had seen some reports about this in Al Jazeera, and I was very happy to see that it was true that eventually you guys were policing yourselves. Uh, how did that work out, You know, if you could describe that? Uh, well, first of all, uh, uh, we, uh, we, we, st- we watched uh, prisons, uh, uh, prisoners escaping from prisons and hearing the news uh, uh, of of them escaping uh, all around the country. Uh, also, the absence of the police uh, made us uh, feel unsafe. Uh, so um, the elders uh, of uh, of every place, uh, well-educated uh, people, uh, young men uh, with uh, perspective and uh, and mind and good minds, critical minds to think. Uh, we started forming groups. Um, in my place, we formed uh, a group of uh, 150 young men. We divided them to uh, 
to 15 groups, each of uh, 10. Uh, each 10 uh, have to secure a street or an exit, and they are, uh, and they are uh, connecting with each other using cell phones and mobile phones. Uh, so uh, it worked. Uh, we started checking cars, checking IDs uh, for people, uh, managing traffic. We uh, started doing all the police jobs. Wow, you know it's it's great actually that you're able to come forward like that as a community and be able to provide that. Now, I mean, I guess uh, are you guys arming yourselves to do this, or is it just kind of a neighborhood watch situation? No, uh, just sticks and uh, just the sticks and the knife. <laughs> Not right now, guys. I apologize. My children were bugging me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just uh, this is. I don't normally do a report like right on the spot like this, but as you pointed out, we have no idea how long you're going to have internet in Egypt, so you know we wanted to grab this opportunity right away. Um, in any case, um, so. You guys have been able to do it just with sticks, eh? I mean, and I guess just kind of a... And now, I mean, you said... I've heard that most of the looters... I, that was the other thing that was that was told to me that was kind of compelling, was that, you know, they said that the, the people who are the heads of these, these protests are actually condemning uh, any kind of... Um, they're condemning any kind of uh, looting or destruction of Egypt. They say that if you love Egypt, then, you know, you wouldn't want to destroy Egypt. I mean, have you heard these same things? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, we have uh, few weapons in Egypt. Uh, the only the only two authorities to have weapons in Egypt uh, are uh, 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 is the army and uh, the police department. You need special permissions to uh, to have any kind of uh, uh, of any weapon, even if it is a hunting weapon. Uh, so these looters, even these looters, uh, th they took these weapons from uh, from the police stations, which were uh, burned and destroyed. But they did not have it in the first place. Wow! And it just it's it's just got to be surreal. I mean, to see it on television is one thing. I mean, watching it on Al Jazeera, you know, was is still it's like looking at it through a window. You know, so for now, I mean, to be able to talk to you in Egypt as you know as this is going on is just amazing. And I mean, we were so worried about you know the the members of Zeitgeist Egypt. Um, I guess you know I would want to ask uh, how was I mean how do what, how do you feel how big is the Zeitgeist movement in Egypt and and how well do you feel you guys are being able to communicate these ideas to the people? Um, uh, well, um, I could not totally understand the question. How many people are value the Zeitgeist movement in Egypt? How many of them are members or like I mean do you, do you have any chapter meetings or do you ever get together with anybody else? Uh, we have an Arabic chapter, but we do not have an Egyptian chapter. Uh, but uh, but uh, uh, for for your knowledge, Egypt forms like 25 percent of uh, of the Arab world. Um, so uh, <clears throat> uh, so uh, even if uh, if they are not active in uh, in uh, Team Speak. Uh, I have uh, I have made some some Google uh, on some keywords uh, uh, about concerning Zeitgeist movement and uh, 
any keywords related to it, like the Venus Project uh, in both Arabic and English. And I have seen a lot of uh, translations for our videos, not carried out by us in TeamSpeak uh, as a linguistic team, but carried out by, by uh, other young men outside. Uh, and uh, I, w I saw a lot of discussions carried out concerning the movement and their videos. So even if they are not active in TeamSpeak, they are actually uh, excited and, uh, and they like uh, the videos and the concepts of TeamSpeak. Excellent. Now, um, what is the primary language spoken over there? I know that there was talk in TS3 of trying to find ways to get you guys copies of the DVD. I mean, would, uh, would, uh, would, would, he, it would just be obviously Arabic, right? Would that reach most of the people in Egypt? Yeah. All right, then. Well, I guess we'll definitely have to talk to our linguistics team and be sure that that's available. Um, and uh, now, I guess, moving on, um, trying to think of, like, I, just go ahead and, you know, re relay to us now uh, where you see this going. You know, do you, I mean, do you think that they're, they're going to be able to get the president out and, you know, it, what is the general feeling? I mean, what, you know, if there's essentially, I mean, what do you predict and what would you like to see? Um, it's hard to tell. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of actions, a lot of things happen uh, every moment. Uh, but uh, I will say my opinion concerning the, uh, this protest. We need to give the president like uh, three months to change everything. After these uh, three months, we will uh, we need to perform an early election. But if he leaves it immediately and right now, right now, with the absence of the police and uh, with prisoners outside, he will leave it for uh, uh, for other political parties to to start fighting each other. And and I do not have a good feeling towards that. Yep. Well, <laughs> it, it's tough that you guys are in this situation, but at least you're going to be in a position to to make some, you know, some changes, even if it's just getting drawing attention to what the problems are. Now, um, I also have Terry here on the call from ZM UK Radio. Um, welcome to the broadcast, Terry. Thank you, Neil. Um, I guess you're probably restreaming this out over on uh, ZM UK Radio. Is that correct? No, you didn't give me time to set it all up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. Well, there'll be a recording you guys can play later. Um, yep. Do you have any questions for our for our guests from Egypt? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, about the women and children, um, did they actually leave the square because there is a call on Twitter for all women and children to leave the square because of the uh, uh, of escalating violence within the you know, by the square and that, which we've been watching on Al Jazeera here in uh, the UK. It's absolutely horrendous. Uh, this violence is not by the protesters. Uh, they are hired criminals uh, trying to force the protesters to stop and leave. They are hired by businessmen who benefit from the current regime, who benefit from the current laws and they do not want it to, to change. They do not want to get questioned or if the government uh, changed. Yeah, yeah. I've recently been um, watching a video back 
back ages, back some time ago, about the uh, it's called the the story of your enslavement. And to to towards the end of it, it says about the um, certain governments and that hiring thugs and that to go against the people who are protesting against the government. And it's just, and it outlines it straight away because we're watching it this afternoon on the TV. And from London, information came from London to through hours of year saying that the uh, folks that were doing all the, you know, creating the violence in the first place was hired by uh, the government themselves or people within the government to start violence in the square. Um, I don't know if you if you have ever seen have you ever seen these police pass because a lot of them have had their ID police uh, cards taken away from them as they've been arrested uh, um, by the um, uh, anti-protesters against the government. That is. That's right, and uh, it, it's true uh, for sorrow, but. Uh, I doubt that uh, they were ordered by uh, the president or uh, or his vice president because it is not uh, it is not a wise decision uh, to do that with, with, with the current situation with, with this hatred and and detention toward uh, towards policemen uh, in Egypt right now. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, like you said, it's mostly businessmen, isn't it, who have hired these thugs? Because apparently, there's come to reports come in that some of these people are the guys that were broken out of the prisons and then rehired by certain thugs, uh, certain bodies to go and do this sort of thing. I mean, when's it going to end? <laughs> I, you know, there are actually uh, apparently this coming into the chat room. On Twitter, there are witnesses saying that their family members have come forward saying that they've been paid 50 pounds and a meal to protest for Mubarak. <laughs> so they're trying to bribe people to protest in favor of this jerk. Um, that's just amazing that they, they've got to go that far. I mean, it just it, how long do you think it'll be in the United States before they have to pay people to come out and fo- <laughs> in favor of politicians? <laughs> well, 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 I don't well. Think- Go ahead. I guess they do. They do. They do currently. They they do, but uh, they they do that through the media, not uh, through money and uh, and that uh, donation donations given by uh, by corporations for for specific politicians are the, just the same. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it seems you're right on that. I mean, we hear here in the UK and through various sources about um, mass corruption within the Egyptian government and also throughout the Arabic world. I mean, how bad is it? Because there was a, a thing, a guy on uh, YouTube saying that to get through certain places from one place to another, you have to pay a bribe as well as your normal fee or ticket fee or border crossing, whatever. Does that actually go on all the time? Uh, VTV, if you can repeat his question because he's not coming clear. No, I understand. Oh. It, it's the British accent. Um, <laughs> basically, you're asking Terry if uh, if you have to bribe to get across the border in and out of Egypt. Was that your question? Yeah, and, you know, and apparently it's wherever you go throughout the Arabic world, you have to pay somebody a bribe to get anywhere. No, no, that that's not right. 
you you have to get your papers done and uh, and things like that. But to bribe to get out, no, that's not uh, right. Oh, that's all right. That's good. Well, I've, and I know what he's talking about. I mean, what you're talking about, Terry, I think goes on in, in Iraq. Uh, I watched a documentary about that. Uh, ironically, it was called Heavy Metal in Baghdad, and it's about some kids who were part of a heavy metal band in Iraq, and they've had to do different things, like, you know, sometimes you might have to pay security or something to get you in and out of the country. Um, but, yeah, now, I guess uh, with all of this stuff going on over in Egypt and, and all of that, I mean, do you see that this, is it possible? I mean, how is this being received in other parts of the Arab world? Do you think that this could spread? Do you think this kind of uh, discontentment with the government, you know, with the governmental structures and the system could spread, or is this just localized to Egypt? Uh, well, uh, it started in Tunisia. We are just the second. We are not uh, the first. Uh, also, uh, the presidents of other Arab countries started responding before revolutions happened and the protests happened in their places. Uh, look for Morocco. They lowered the prices by 50%. Uh, look for Jordan, for example. Uh, the king, uh, the king uh, uh, made, uh, made the government resign. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that there, I mean, have, have you seen any signs or is there any rumor of any other Arabic countries doing this? Uh, it's actually in the news. Uh, Yemen, Yemen uh, has declared uh, the next, uh, the next uh, Friday as, uh, as uh, a, a, a day of anger. Uh, they are going to express uh, uh, their, uh, their anger and uh, they are going to protest against the government. Wow, you know, it's just I guess we'll see how far this goes. Um, you know, somebody asked actually uh, in in Egypt. Uh, you know, to go ahead and be blunt, you're not going to offend me, and most of my listeners are people who are not necessarily happy with the way the United States does things. Anyway, um, what what do you see as the uh, the opinion of the United States in Egypt? This is a question for the chat room. Uh, and do you feel that anything uh, the United States has done in their foreign policy is impacting what's going on in Egypt? Do Do you guys believe that the United States supports that president, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, that's true. Uh, he 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 opened the economy for uh, American corporations to work in Egypt, uh, and he opened the economy for their banks. Uh, also, he is. Uh, he is helping uh, helping uh, Israel uh, and helping uh, U the USA against uh, other uh, other Arab countries. Uh, that's why they support him. Uh, he actually the WikiLeaks showed that uh, he recommended and uh, and he said that he will help uh, he will help in the media uh, the. The, the American offense against Iraq. Wow. Yeah, putting all of that yeah. to perspective, it's it's imperialism all over again. What were you going to say, Terry? Yeah, they, um, Al Jazeera at the moment, they're replaying the events of the day, and they, you just, they just showed you the bit where the guys were dragged off the horses. I mean, that that alone says that they, these guys have been paid by certain people to go in, and they I hired the horses. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is yeah. so, you know, this is so, this is so like the story of your enslavement. 
if you haven't heard it, check it out on YouTube if I was you, because it, it explains everything down to a T. And, and the one thing it says, to find out, to, to see the illusion is to leave the farm. You know, that's the only way you can see what's going on. And they're showing inside a hospital at the moment some of the uh, injured and wounded being uh, tended to. Now they're back out in the streets again. Oh, blimey. Right. Now, yeah. there's actually another person, uh, I'm going to give him a shout-out, Razi Masood, I'm probably saying that wrong, could be Masoud, uh, said that Libya is planning a revolution on the 17th. Their dictator has been in power for the past 40 years, and apparently the Sudan is also um, getting to that direction. So, um, have you guys heard anything about that in Egypt? Uh, n- not sure about uh, about Libya, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, about uh, about Sudan. Um, <clears throat> they have a bad situation, just like us. Uh, in Libya, it is not gonna be hard like Egypt because uh, um, because he he gives uh, he gives the people uh, some some standard. He gives them some standard. He does not uh, he does not rob everything from them. Corruption did not reach uh, uh, the the minimum the minimum standards for life. It reached the minimum standards of life here in Egypt. So basically, um, you know, so we have the situation with the Sudan and and Libya. I guess at this point is kind of a rumor. Um, I mean, there's obviously already problems in Iraq, but for reasons of uh, <laughs> that are obvious, American imperialism's not being subtle over there. They're just trying to cause problems. So. Um, you know, I really have to wonder, you know, if this is going to get any further than that, you know, because if it spreads out to the rest of the, the Arab world, I mean, most Arabic countries have, have dictators in charge. Uh, I mean, is that generally the case? Uh, generally the case concerning what? As in that uh, you seem to have, a, there seem to be a lot of dictatorships in various governments in, in the Middle East. Is that, would you say that it tends to be the case? Isn't that as usual, normal? Um, that's mm, yeah. If, if you look for, uh, for 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 any any president in presidency, um, we we were at uh, we were at war with uh, with uh, a lot of several countries, and we have oil. Uh, we have uh, uh, an important geo position uh, between. Uh, the, uh, the east and the west, and uh, if you look for the Arab countries, you will find them uh, uh, b- between between Asia and uh, Africa. So, who manipulates them is is like gonna gonna control the world uh, through them, gonna control the world economy. Um, so, uh, these these presidents uh, in presidency. Is um, for for every for every single Egypt uh, for any Arab citizen we feel that they are in these places because uh, they they conspired with uh, Western government and that's true. Does seem to be the case, and then when you get situations like uh, uh, the Shah, I'm sorry, the Shah in Iran, you know, who was put in place to replace the democratically elected president Mossadegh, who was 
you know, daring to say that Iranian oil should in theory be used to actually help the Iranian people. Um, it, it's really unfortunate to see the way that, you know, and then uh, what's even crazier about that is that then the United States starts making up all these crazy theories about why people in the Middle East don't like us. You know, it couldn't have anything to do with what we're doing in their countries. It must be some crazy theory that you guys supposedly hate us because we're free, which is just ridiculous. Um, and then if any of our politicians, like Ron Paul, for example, are honest enough to just be honest about it and say they hate us because we bomb their countries and we embargo them, well, then they, they attack him and they label him a conspiracy theorist. Um, I remember, actually, uh, my friend Senator Gravel actually went over there onto Al Jazeera English and just flat-out admitted that, you know, he, I mean, he, he pointed out, he's like, our country's engaged in all kinds of imperialism. He's, you know, and he told him, he's like, don't worry, though, I mean, you know, not every American supports this, and I, and I hope that any Egyptian who may end up listening to this broadcast understands that there really is a lot of support for, you know, for your people over there and what it is that you're doing coming from other countries and from the United States. Um, I just, and I have to, my hats are off to the courage of the people involved. It's, you know, somebody in the chat room just asked, for example, you know, um, is it essentially, you know, do you feel that this is going to go until the president, you know, is removed? I mean, I think I know the answer just from watching Al Jazeera. I don't, I don't see any stopping this. It just seems to have gained its own momentum like a rhinoceros running down a hill at you. But um, to, to ask you, I mean, uh, the, as far as the, is there anything that could stop this short of that president being removed? Uh, uh, right now, uh, no, he has nothing to do. Uh, he used the police and it didn't work. He used the brutal, brutal force and it didn't work. He, he made the, the government resign. It didn't work. Uh, they they need uh, they, they have always uh, they they always go to a higher uh, a higher a higher degree of demand. Uh, first of all, they they were taking um, a change, a changing constitution, changing the parliament, which was uh, which was brought brought to authority with a corrupt election. Uh, but uh, when they watched themselves uh, getting large numbers, uh, having having the power to to really say what uh, what they want and to do what they want, uh, they they went higher with their demands. They uh, they were seeking the change of the constitution, the change of the parliament, change of the government, the government, and changing the president himself. And they want it immediately. He declared that he is gonna go for presidency after uh, after uh, this presidency period, which uh, which have just eight months. And they uh, are saying, no, we do not accept that. We uh, we want you to resign, and we want you to get questioned uh, for what you did in the last 30 years. Now, somebody else. Yeah, uh... I agree with that. Oh, did you have something to add, Terry? Yeah, I quite agree with that, because at the moment they're chucking uh, firebombs at each other in the square and or in, down the side streets. Yeah, I, and I agree that the guy should go. I mean, after 30 years, he, I mean, he's getting old now. He ain't going you know, he, he, to last much longer, is he? I mean, the people are fed up. They've been fed up being suppressed, being kept poor, while his family and his relatives got quite wealthy out of it. So it's about time he went, and the other guy that you were on about, Libya, is the um, Gaddafi. 
feet. I mean, he has been there for 40-odd years. It's about time he moved out of the way as well. Although I do believe he's going to hand over power to his son. I mean, that ain't going to go down well, is it? It's the same with Egypt, isn't it? It's like for they're years. kings and they're just pretending to be presidents or something like that. I mean, they're just... It's like a, a fiction to say that they're not just royalty, because that's what it amounts to if you're going to pass your, yeah. you know, everything on to your son. Now, another question from the chat room. Um, they're asking me to ask you, Gamo, uh, what is your opinion of, I'm going to try to say this right, Al, Al-Badarari or Al-Badari, you know, as a possible leader? Is he a U.S. puppet, or what? what, what is the sentiment about him? Checking now. Oh, there's a problem with the call. Our internet is actually uh, flashing in and out now. Can you uh, still hear me? Well, I still hear him. Are you still there? Um, Hello again. Uh, So sorry, I was talking to my brother. No, that's totally fine. I was worried that like the connection had failed. Okay, but anyway, uh, the question was about somebody by the name of Al Badari. I'm probably saying this wrong. Uh, let me put it in the chat. Uh, it's uh, Al Badari. They asked, uh, "What what is your opinion of this fellow? And you know, do you think he could be a good leader, or is he or is he a U.S. puppet?" He is Al Badari, and uh, I am not sure about him. Uh, and personally. Uh, I will I will elect some uh, someone else, but right now we need we need the constitution to, to change, and it is not uh, the person who is gonna is gonna uh, elect himself. Uh, no, it's the people of Egypt who who should decide which to choose. Excellent. Now that being said. Um, it is actually an excellent question. Is among the people of Egypt? I mean, is a discussion being had about uh, what next? You know, if you get this guy out, well, then, you know, are there any heroes who are stepping forward? Do you think who would probably be considered? Uh, well, uh, I feel uh, I feel afraid when uh, I think about it. Uh, actually, I I I am thinking. Uh, I have my opinion concerning the current situation now. We need like a transitional stage, which should be uh, three months, and after that, uh, and uh, and early elections, or uh, the eight months uh, who, who who are still in uh, the presidency period of uh, the president. During this uh, this period, we need to restore security, and we need the country to settle down. But if he leaves it now. And that's my opinion, by the way. That's my opinion. If he leaves it now, uh, the other political parties will start fighting each other. And I, I hate thinking about it. Wow. I just, it's got to be an amazing moment for you guys just to have all of that going on. I mean, yeah, it's it's difficult, but you're, be- you're, you're in a situation now that I can tell you there are a lot of people here in the United States who would be very, I mean, as as bad as it is, and as bad, you know, that there's violence and all that, to really be in your shoes, to be able to do something and be able to say to your president, you know, no, we don't want you here, 
you know, to be able to actually stand up and do that, the amazing courage being shown by your people um, is just, it's, my heart goes out to you. It's very inspiring, and I hope that you're able to overcome any reoccurrences of these same problems again. Uh, I just, it's, it's so hard to come up with a way to say it, but it's just, it's a powerful moment over there. And I guess now, for you and and your your position in this, I, I know that you don't you don't live in the city. Uh, where were you located again? You don't have to get overly detailed because I don't want you to get in trouble. But <laughs> I live uh, in a small place uh, between uh, Cairo and Alexandria. Uh, a very small, calm place. Uh, actually, I am from uh, a countryside. Uh, uh, the, the nearest uh, the nearest city is uh, is uh, 20 minutes uh, away. So you're not like super far away, but you're definitely not right in the middle of it. But that's no. I mean, uh, do you guys ever venture to the city now, or are you just kind of avoiding it? Uh, no, I'm not avoiding it. I went to uh, to uh, two cities and uh, and shared in two protests in two different cities. Uh, one before uh, the army interferes and one after the army interferes. Um, I watched tanks for the first time in my life. They were guarding uh, tra uh, the trains. They were guarding uh, uh, railway stations. They were guarding, uh, uh, you know, critical and important uh, places in cities. And yeah, that's a, yeah, that's actually really good. I mean, what was that like for you to be able to experience something like that? You've never seen tanks before in your life, and now you're you're going to these huge protests where you're where the future of your country is being decided. You know that that had to have been powerful. I mean, do you have any memories from that you'd like to share? Um, well, it, it, it was a very very new situation. Uh, it is like feeling that what is that? Uh, am I in Iraq uh, or Afghanistan or something uh, to watch tanks in uh, in the city that uh, I, I never watched a man with a machine gun uh, in? It, it was horrible. So it just uh, it, it was a horrible uh, a horrible feeling. Yeah, I can only imagine. That's you know. They, yeah. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, I expect it was frightening as well for the first time, I expect, you know, because if we was in that situation, I should imagine we'd be scared out of our wits. Definitely. You know, that's... <laughs> um, by the way, folks, if anybody wants to call in, we've still got plenty of time here. Um, you know, we have no idea when we're going to get this opportunity again. If you'd like to be added via Skype, it's VTV115. Uh, PM me. Um and uh, if you want to be added. Otherwise, I have a toll-free phone number that you can you can have access to. You can find it here on the page. Or I have a phone number that is local to New York. If it doesn't cost you anything to call New York, please use that one because the toll-free number does cost me money. I don't mind if you use it, though, if it's long distance or if it would be expensive to you. I'll check the switchboard periodically. Uh, just be sure that um, you know you keep it up. Uh, as far as like um, it may not in other words I may not get back to you right that second so don't give up I will be checking <laughs> back and forth <laughs> I've had people who you know, it's like I was just getting ready to enable their mic and then they disappear um, 
so uh, you know I'm trying to think of you know just it, it the thing is is like it, it's so hard for an American or, or probably even a British person to be able to figure out you know to really wrap their head around this notion of you know uh, what it would be like to have this happening in your in your own you know cities your own you know the places that you live the markets that you go you know it's i i remember having kind of a surreal experience once my friend was playing the game modern warfare 2 and there's a scene where russia invades the united states and they use very realistic models for the fast food restaurants and the small stores and you know it was it was a really uh messed up situation because you know you're you're looking at this and it it looked very accurate and it it kind of just sent chills down my spine to imagine what it would be like and I think it's difficult sometimes for for people in the West to really grasp what it's like to live in these countries where this stuff is happening, you know, to really be able to understand what it would be like to have this happening in your country. You know, uh, that's something that Ron Paul talks about all the time. You know, we do all these things to them. How would we feel if somebody did that to us? We would object, you know, but it never really clicks in. You know, they... They're, they're, they're Arabs, so they speak a different language. They inflect differently. That was why I said I, I watched that film, Heavy Metal in Baghdad, and those were all kids who spoke really good English, who listened to the same music I did, played the same video games as I did. And, you know, the, the, the documentary was about music. But the fact is, is I realized these are kids that I'd invite over to, you know, have a good time at my house. You know, these were real people. And then after they exposed you to the fact that they were people that you could relate to, then they showed you what was going on in their backyard in Iraq, and that was a really powerful moment. It, it's not even a war documentary, and that, that film had a huge impact on me. We do have a caller. Um, did you want to go ahead and comment on that first, Gamo? Uh, uh, sorry, could you repeat the question? Oh, well, actually, if, if you didn't hear a question, then don't worry. We'll pull on the caller. Um, caller in the 928 area code, you're on the air. Hello, Neil. Um, I actually just had a quick question for our guest from Egypt uh, regarding the situation on the ground over there and um, the parties involved. Like, we're hearing a lot on the American media of the Muslim Brotherhood. I was curious if we could get some insight onto that. Like, what are the actual parties involved that are most active? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, about uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, first of all, they are not um, terrorists or something uh, they are just uh, a political group, uh, just like uh, the Christian uh, political group in Germany. They just picked uh, that name. Uh, the problem with them uh, is that they uh, they were and they are still against the regime, and uh, that made the regime uh, start uh, uh, a propaganda war against them. Uh, they started uh, passing laws against them. Uh, they made them uh, a forbidden organization. Uh, they showed them uh, for the Americans as a threat uh, on the global security, which is not true. They are just a political party with that name. I see. And in the Western media, I mean, the, they're commonly associated with um, Hamas and the Gaza Strip. And I'm not sure about that association. But I was really hoping that there was... Um, I don't know, that the student activist groups and the people have a more solidified base and an actual plan of action, you know, once uh, the dictator himself is, you know, removed uh, peacefully, hopefully, and takes his own leave. But are there plans that you're aware of 
too, because I mean, I'm sure the last thing you want is a power void in the country itself, which you know just leaves room for neighboring and hostile foreigners to come in. Uh, do you mean uh, plans for him to leave or plans after he leaves? Yeah, definitely afterwards. Uh, no. Uh, and that's what I am afraid of. Um, if he leaves immediately and if he leaves right now, uh, I, I have the feeling that it, it will going to be a disaster. Uh, political parties will start fighting each other. Uh, so I'm, I, I do not like the president, but uh, people shall, ch shall choose uh, their president in, uh, in uh, a good environment. First of all, we need to settle down things in Egypt. Uh, we need to, uh, to have security back and to have uh, and to, 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 to have the police doing their job again, but doing it peacefully and uh, for, for the sake of the Egyptian people, not for, uh, for protecting the government and protecting businessmen. Um, after that, uh, we it, it is gonna be like uh, we want it to be like uh, a transitional period. Say, uh, things to settle down, uh, security to be back, and uh, early elections to uh, to get carried out. Well, if you're as well spoken in Egyptian as you are in English, mm. you should be running for office. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> would be great. Um, you know, uh, another question, this one from the chat room. Um, do you feel that the Egyptian military is going to stick together, or do you think it'll end up like dissolving like the police? Well, uh, if, start, if uh, they start acting against uh, the Egyptian people, uh, definitely uh, they are going to end like uh, the police. Because these people, uh, these soldiers, uh, they have brothers living in these cities. Uh, they have their homes in these cities. Uh, they are going to leave it at once. What made the police hold uh, for the first three days is that most of, uh, of uh, the, the, the policemen, they are brought from, uh, f from south of Egypt. So north of Egypt is not like their families. It is not like the places that they lived in. Mm. That's what made it hold for uh, the first three days. If they use the army, it's going to be the end of this country. It's going to destroy it. Maybe you'll that's why the military won't join in. I'm sorry, Terry, go ahead. <clears throat> I was going to say, you probably end up with a civil war breaking out all over the place. You'll have different factions fighting against each other, like you were saying, like the Brotherhood will take up arms against whoever, or the Christians and that. You'll have total mayhem and a civil war going on. That's one of my fears as well, is I hope that yeah, you guys can come yeah. together peacefully for, for your country together and recognize that, you know, that even if you just go to a democratic system of electing somebody through the people, that you don't end up like Iraq, where in Iraq, they're, you know, the, the, the Sunnis and the Sunnis and the Shiites and the Kurds are all fighting each other. Um, and I hope that, you know, there's at least, and I think that there is, I mean, what, for most of what I've seen, that, you know, there is enough unity um, for you to be able to come together. Um, I just hope that no other element tries to destabilize you because that's honestly, when you when you study what happened in Iraq, it was really bad, uh, the way that it was mishandled. 
by the United States. It almost it it, it was too uh, it was too perfectly terrible for it to have been an accident. Um, I, I after looking at the the documentary film No End in Sight, I I cannot fathom that anybody did that by accident. It's it's so obviously intentionally screwed up everything, and it keeps the region destabilized, and therefore gives the United States you know the reason to stay there. And I, I hope that – I mean, I had heard rumor that there was a possibility of the United States intervening over there. I really hope they stay the hell out of it because, you know, it's been much you – know, I, don't, I don't foresee any, uh, quote-unquote, U.S. foreign policy improving the situation over there at all. Um, and uh, so – now, Caller, did you have anything else? Um, actually, I did have one more question. Um as far as the foreign neighbor, or I'm sorry, as far as your um, country neighbors go over there, um, do you have any particular concerns about any of them? Um, Israel in particular, I was curious about. Uh, like my, my own concerns or? Uh, uh, yeah, or your own particular concerns regarding security especially, because I watched an interview on Al Jazeera this morning, and uh, the speaker for Israel um was expressing serious concerns about the instability of Egypt and how that could reflect upon the borders as well as the Gaza border. Uh uh uh-huh, yeah. Uh well, uh the current regime is uh, is a very big uh aid for uh, for uh, Israel and uh, and uh, its interests uh, in Palestine and uh, in the Middle East in general. Uh so uh, they wanted to 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 hold and still uh so what happens right now i expect and again this is my own expectation this is my own opinion if a political uh, uh, party uh, uh forms uh, the government and uh, and takes power of egypt um they i guess they are gonna invade egypt and they are gonna occupy sinai again uh because i have heard uh, uh, uh i have heard some news that uh, they are reinforcing their uh, uh their their, uh, their army uh near the borders uh you know being prepared for anything Wow! Wow, yeah. that's uh, pretty scary. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, that's it. And just the notion, because I know you guys were were at war with you know Israel for so long. It just seems crazy that you know any president in there could go, you know, could have a policy that involved that. I guess maybe he could mask it under trying to be at peace or whatever. But um, uh, in any case, um, now all of that being said, I mean. Do do we have a concern that Israel might try to attack Egypt, or is it just a matter of, you know, maybe trying to take advantage of the unrest, or or is this just more of an issue of maybe Egypt's trying to just make sure that the that the mess doesn't end up in their country, which is not really an unreasonable you know worry. Um, I mean, what do you think, Gamma? Uh, well, I think they are gonna do what they did before. Uh, so what what happened before? They invaded Sinai, and they starting they started uh, putting on their conditions and uh, their terms, their own terms, to to draw back from Sinai. And I have heard about some some hidden terms in uh, the Camp David uh, 
peace treaty between us, uh, USA and Israel. Uh, it's talking about opening the economy for corporations. It is talking about uh, exporting uh, the natural gas, the Egyptian natural gas to Israel uh, with, with less than uh, its uh, cost. Uh, so it's going to happen again. They, uh, uh, I expect it's going to happen again if, uh, if, uh, if Anan, uh, uh, Anan uh, you know, supporting government, uh, an unloyal government uh, comes in power. Uh, I expect this scenario will happen again and they will start uh, putting on their condition, their own terms, to draw back. That would be so terrible. I just did the whole thought of that, especially with the way the Arab world is right now. That's, I mean, that's got the makings of World War Three. I mean, I still to this day, you know, because I, I don't know enough about it. Again, I've been meaning to study more about it, but about what ha- went on during the Israel-Egyptian War um, is just how Egypt didn't end up with a bunch of Arab countries, all you know, helping them in that fight since Israel's so despised. I. I never. How did they? You know. How did they keep? You know. All like Iraq, uh, Iran, you know, Iran, and all the other countries in the area out of that war. It would just seem to me that they would have come to help you guys. I mean, I don't know enough about Middle East politics. I confess. So I'm asking you. I mean, what what was the circumstances there, and why didn't those countries aid you against Israel before? Uh, well, uh, uh, the Arab world was in poverty and. Uh, uh, we uh, they were like the black edges uh, in Europe. Uh, we um, we had very corrupt uh, people, and we were out of a lot of occupation, the English occupation, French occupation, uh, out of uh, World War One and World War Two, which uh, left us uh, divided, uh, weak, uh, small countries uh, instead of. Uh, the big Ottomanic Empire. So essentially, that you're you're saying basically economically, those other countries couldn't afford to get into it. Is that it, or? Yeah, and the corruption. We corruption. Uh, corruption. Uh, there were uh, some some weapon deal uh, in uh, in the war of uh, 1948, I guess. And uh, weapons w- w- were not good. You know, it's like uh, y- you want to use uh, use your gun, but instead uh, it-, it shoots the enemy. It explodes in your hand, uh, and it- it- you want to uh, to use um, a-, a heavy gun or something. It 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 was it was all fake weapons uh, because of corruption. That is so terrible. <laughs> uh, somebody just pointed out in the chat that I guess another issue that probably kept uh, other countries out of it could have been that uh, Israel has nuclear weapons. So um, now, basically, uh, yeah, I mean that would be one ma- major thing to slow them down. And Israel, obviously, in their foreign policy, is very draconian. There's there's no reason they would hesitate to bomb anybody else to protect themselves. So I guess. Yeah. You know, and I hope that I hope that we're wrong, man. I mean, because those are some really dire predictions. I I really hope um, that it doesn't come to that. I really, because it just 
you guys are having a beautiful moment over there where you're in a position to really take control of your own destiny. And I, I would despise any regime that would rob you of that to try to, you know, further their own interests. And I, I just hope that it doesn't come to that. I really don't I, I hope that it does. So now, caller, did you have anything else? No, Neil, I think I'm good. Thank you very much. I just uh, want to extend my appreciation to Mobu for coming on and uh, speaking with us and answering questions. And take care of yourself, man. You okay over there? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot for calling. Thank you all. If anybody else would like to call in, folks, the toll-free number is 1-877-483-3160. That's 1-877-483-3160. You can also be added via Skype, which actually has better sound quality anyway. VTV115, if you have any questions for our guest, uh, if you want to go on via Skype, please PM me on Skype and tell me that you would like to be added to the call. Um, so, in any case, uh, well, uh, Gamma, uh, the, now, you, I've heard actually um, that was some of the uh, the museums were, were looted. Uh, do, do we have any way of accounting for some of the the rich history in Egypt and where it ended up? Um, uh, the, 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 um, the responsible uh, uh, people in museums, they started counting, uh, but uh, uh, news like this are not uh, the top news. Uh, robbing was a big news, but counting and uh, what was robbed and what was looted, uh, I, I didn't hear about that in the news. And I do not know about it. That's just that really terrifies me because the Egyptian culture is so rich with amazing <clears throat> history, and I that was one of the yeah. other problems that happened in Iraq was uh, the the U.S. government sent troops to protect the oil fields, but they didn't do anything to protect Iraq's museums, and a lot of ancient Sumerian culture was lost forever, and we still have no idea where it went. Um, where so much beautiful art went, and I hope that you guys are able to do something to to save anything that you know, like from that from happening. Um, I need to add uh, something in here. Go ahead. Um, right when the police, uh, uh, the police department fell down, and uh, the police, uh, the, uh, the the country was with no police, protesters formed a human shield around the Egyptian museum. Uh, to uh, to prevent it from uh, from getting looted, and uh, that was one of uh, of many good uh, situations uh, and actions uh, happened by the protesters. Uh, they started organizing the traffic after the police left uh, the country. Uh, they started securing uh, places like the Egyptian Museum by themselves on their own. Yeah, they did. Uh, go ahead, Terry. Yeah, they did. You've seen it on Azur, where they form a ring around the Cairo Museum and that and stopped them there, stopped anybody getting in and looting it until the army showed up and then they gave way and let the army take over. Because apparently the Egyptian army now are using the Cairo uh, Museum as a barracks as well as a museum. Well, that'll certainly keep it safe. I mean, especially yeah. since the Egyptian military is, is proven to be a, a force for protecting people. Now, that was another thing. Uh, 
you guys are build, uh, burning a lot of the government buildings down. I, I heard about the uh, destruction of the Ministry of the Interior, which was apparently an extremely hated uh, building because of the various terrible things that were done to Egyptians there. Uh, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, all um, all the police uh, station. Uh, the police belongs to the Ministry of Interiors, of course. So all the police stations were burned and destroyed. Uh, all um, all the buildings that belong to uh, to the national security were um, were burned and destroyed. Uh, protesters were surrounding the building, the main building for uh, the Ministry of Interiors itself, and many many protesters were sniped. That's you know yeah. it it's just beautiful that you guys were able to I mean I I don't want to say it's beautiful to destroy things but you're definitely sending one hell of a message and I'm still kind of overcome about the fact that your people were able to protect your own museums that's just that's so powerful um there's somebody else who wanted to be added to the call Gasto I'm going to go ahead and bring him on <clears throat> and um see what he has to say it's ringing on his end we'll just have to wait for him to pick up and uh, yeah. while we're waiting for that, Terry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, um, like people in America, here in the UK, people are behind the Egyptian you know, anti-government protesters and are calling for, the, for it to be a peaceful one. There was a big rally outside the Egyptian embassy in London the other day. Uh, I think it was on the 26th. And apparently it's still going on. People coming and going and uh, voicing their opinions about it should be peaceful and that, go that the government that is in charge at the moment. The president should op out and get out while he can. That's really great, Terry. So basically it the is. British people are coming forward in support of the protesters. Yes, it is, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's actually a great idea. We should do something like that in the United States. But, you know, in the U.K., you guys have uh, quite a, um organized protester movement. I mean, you even managed to scare the hell out of the prince. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to I Charlie Beach about that. That wasn't me. I was sat home watching it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Terry, I just, it's still, I mean, I, the notion of something like that even happening in the United States is just so, uh, like, you know, crazy. You know, the, the concept of anything like that happening, you know, but um, I guess there is protest here in the United States. Uh, one of my listeners is telling me now, uh, Juan in Miami, uh, there's a shout out, um, and he's, he's typing it out now, and I give more information. Uh, Gasto doesn't seem to be picking up right away, but. Uh, Egyptians were out in New York City protesting. Um, I hope that uh, other people were there showing them, you know, showing their support as well. I know that I would. Um, and it, it, I guess it really looks, Gamo, like, you know, uh, tell the Egyptian people from us, I mean, that, that they really do have support from around the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carry on. Uh, Okay, uh, I've watched a lot uh, in the news, people supporting us in Greece, in France, uh, in uh, the UK, uh, in the USA, uh, in several countries, and in Germany, of course. Um, and uh, it, it gives us um, a very, very good feeling. I'm, I'm actually glad, then, that you guys are able to find out about it. Now, I heard that there was quite a crackdown. Like, that's why we were... It took forever for us to hear from anybody. I mean, we we never had a, a ton of people in TeamSpeak, but you know, I remember running into somebody from Zeitgeist Egypt not long ago, and then 
you know, then when all of this happened, like, right afterwards, and I was like, man, I hope that person is okay, <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, what have you guys been dealing with? I heard that there was some kind of lockdown on the Internet over there, or, or there, it was difficult to get information out. Is that just rumor, or? No, it is not a rumor. It's a fact. Uh, first of all, they started blocking uh, websites like Twitter and Facebook. Uh, then uh, they started jamming uh, the Internet, uh, trying to make it uh, to, to make it slow for uh, uh, for uh, people, but you know uh, people are smart. Uh, the young men are smart. Uh, they started using programs to to come over uh, these problems, like blocking these websites. Uh, so the government realized after a while that they are, they are doing nothing. So they blocked the whole internet. And um, they even blocked uh, uh, the phone. They blocked phone calls, uh, mobile uh, mobile uh, mobile calls, uh, SMSs, um, and a lot like that. Uh, but <laughs> eventually, I realized that um, it is it is not gonna stop the people from protesting. So the internet is back today. After uh, after like four or five days. Yeah, it's five days. Um, yeah, I was going to say we live in a technical age now, and no matter what they do, somebody's going to find a way around it. It doesn't matter what they do, because we have people asking for open phone lines and phone people in Egypt so they could connect to the internet. I had several emails from several people asking if I would do that on my phone. I'm sorry, but I couldn't. <laughs> I don't pay the bill. Somebody else does. <laughs> Wow, you know. Well, I'm glad that we have Skype and and tools like it to be able to let them, you know, uh, you know, we let them communicate like this. And obviously, TeamSpeak three um, to connect to there to be able to talk. I mean, otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to have this broadcast. And you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it is amazing that technology is really the the real power to stopping um, fascist, you know, elements and any kind of government corruption. I tell people this all the time: is that it, it's it's really a war for information. You know, it is. It's a war where they're trying to control what we see, what they, what we hear, and and that's why. Uh, that is why they they do so much now to try to prevent us from being able to, you know, to do like they're talking about it even here in the United States. Um, that they want to do things to stop us from using the internet. Um, so, especially, you know, we can't. We just cannot let this happen. I mean, because when you think about it. The only reason we're getting any of this information is due to the Internet right now. That's the only reason we can even have this conversation. Um, so, um, go ahead, Terry. You say now about the U.S. It's also here in the U.K. The government have um, already tried uh, various ways to ask certain bodies if they could actually take control of the Internet completely, and they were told no because some genius sitting in their bedroom could hack around at whatever system they put up. That is modern technology. So it doesn't matter what people do, what these governments try to do with the Internet, there's no way that they can completely shut it off, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, concerning, uh, concerning the problem of, uh, of media and, uh, and information, uh, for, for you as an American citizen... Uh, I recommend uh, I recommend a documentary 
concerning how uh, how you, the government of the USA manipulates uh, the way uh, the way they um, they show uh, they show actions around the world for uh, the American citizens. The documentary is named uh, "Peace, Propaganda, and the Promised Land." Um, I deeply recommend this video for uh, for anyone in general, and especially an American citizen. I will definitely look that up. Maybe if if I can find it for free on the internet, I'll throw it on my must-see TV list. Now, yeah, 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 yeah a good idea, Neil. <laughs> and now, um. I guess you know we've we've covered a lot of of ground here, and uh, people in the chat room right now are, are trying to figure. They're scrambling to try to find anything we can in Arabic subtitles to give you guys to hopefully be able to spread the awareness of this idea, this solution that we offer. And you know, I I also tell people if you want to look into this, you don't have to have cable to watch Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera on Facebook has a live stream that you can that you can play. I put it on while I was folding laundry, and it was it was really amazing to be able to get kind of a you know a direct look. And there have been a lot of inspiring things that have been said through all of this too. Uh, I remember this one video. This guy spoke really good English, and man, was he angry! And he said, you know, we're here to get our goddamn rights. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or Muslim or atheist. You know, all Egyptians deserve to be free. You know, it was a very powerful quote, and I, and I shared it with a lot of people. So. You know, I, I definitely uh, recommend that people pay close attention to this, folks, because what we're looking at here could very, you know, as we pointed out, could very easily be spreading into the rest of the Arab world. And uh, I guess, you know, Gomo, did you have anything else that you want to share with uh, with the audience? Yeah, this uh, this protest have nothing to do with religion. It's about freedom. Oh. Uh, it's about the stress and the frustration uh, we have been under uh, under um, during uh, the last uh, the last uh, 50 years, not just 30 years. Uh, so it, it have nothing to do with religion, and do not believe anything uh, that comes to you through your media saying that uh, uh, saying anything about Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, saying anything about the Egyptian Christians? Uh, actually, I have many. We we all live as Egyptians. We do not say that he is Christians and I am a Muslim or something. Uh, I have several Christian friends and I have very tight relationships with them. And we are just Egyptians. You know that's actually a really powerful, powerful statement. And you yeah. Know, to, to be able to know that you have that kind of unity over there, you know, I don't. I'm not confident that that would even happen in the United States. We're so wrapped up in our differences, and you know, there are people who claim to be patriotic, but then they argue over what that means. You know, to some people, well, you're not patriotic unless you're on the right, or you're not patriotic unless you're on the left, you know, or you're not patriotic unless you're Christian, or you know, just they come up with all these crazy reasons, and and honestly, they just don't see that they're giving into these divisions, you know, and that these divisions are in the favor of the people who are trying to oppress you. And I hope that I hope that we can wake up and I hope that Egypt is an example of, you know, that everybody can follow. Oh yeah, definitely. And from here from the I UK so. too. I'm from the UK here, here as well. I mean, you know, 
when when this, when we seen it in here in the UK with the guy who said I was going to, you know going to burn the Quran, I thought what a stupid twat. I mean, if he's if he's asking for someone to come and knock his block off, he's doing it the right way because that's what would have happened. And I agree with with um, the guy in Egypt. I mean, you know, you are just Egyptians at the end of the day, and you are all brothers and sisters at the end of the day, and you are all part of the world. And to fight for your freedom is the best thing. But to call, you know, to go through a democracy like they're trying to do. I mean, democracy. Where what democracy? Will there be? Will you be able to have the same freedom as what we have? I mean, come on, this guy's not going to step down unless he's actually carried out in a coffin. Now that's you know, I would also want to point out that you know, as a, as a further point of unity, and then I heard, I think Gamo also had something else he wanted to say, so I'm going to shut up after that. But um, it's just this is relevant, and I wanted to bring it up is that we had a guy who was trying to burn the Quran here in the United States, and um, you know, this uh, an atheist said, no, you're not doing that. And he snatched the Quran out of his hand and he took off with it. He's like, you don't have a Quran, you're not doing it. Have a nice day. You know, and I thought that was a really powerful moment because this atheist recognized that it was wrong to step on somebody else's beliefs. Now, go ahead, Gummo. Uh Yeah, actually, um, uh, we all have different opinions and we all have, uh, and, and we do not uh, think the same way. Uh, so it, it it is really bad to consider the other's opinions or the other's belief uh, to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a really bad way to think about uh, things. And here um, I I love to cute something I cute a lot uh, about um, an uh, an old thinker. He used to say uh, that. <clears throat> um, um, my opinion is right with the possibility to be wrong and the other's opinions are wrong with the possibility to be right. right. Quite agree with that. <laughs> we actually do have another caller. Caller from the 801 area code. You're on the air. All right. Um, hey, Neil. This is uh, Jesse and Gamo, um, a.k.a. Dr. Zinn. Um, Hello, Dr. Zinn. What did you want to add? Oh well done. I, I would I would ask Gamo, um, what do you think about, you know, like putting together a platform to like express the the views of of the RBE? I mean like have you considered putting something together or is it just you don't have that kind of support there? Uh maybe after things settle down. Uh mm-hmm. but right now uh, it, it, it's hard to do something like that. It sounds like and, it would and, be kind of tough to set up a screening in those circumstances. I'm sorry, go ahead, caller. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I was just wondering, you know, have you, have you, are you thinking about how you would take uh, this approach? Uh, well, uh, the majority of the Egyptian people, and actually that's the fault of uh, uh, the American uh, government. A lot of the Egyptian people do not trust anything that comes from the West, and especially the USA. Uh, oh. So it, it, it is hard to, to, to tell them this is from uh, this movement is, is from the USA or from Europe. Uh, just go for it, and we have something like the Zeitgeist movement. Maybe the young men 
uh, would listen and uh, because all the young men are open-minded uh, because uh, they use internet and they know the difference between an American citizen and uh, uh, and an American government. Uh, but uh, the majority of the people do not uh, know that. They just do not oh. trust anything that comes from the USA. Wow. Right. Well, well, could you... Could, sounds like we well, need to make an right. Egyptian version of the movie. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, now, now, have you really thought about, like, you know, explaining it as not as a movement, or how about just the the concepts of the RB, RBE in the approach of that, you know, this is a global idea, not not sourced out of the U.S.? Uh, well, um, yeah, you know, let's try to be more reasonable in here. Uh, and... And and they have more applicable solutions. Um, right now, we have big, uh, we have large large political parties uh, who have their own own opinions, who have their own strategies uh, for uh, the next situation. For uh, <clears throat> um, sorry about that, my daughter. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you very much for your addition. Please continue, Gamma. Uh, who, yeah, and uh, in this crowd and in this disorder, um, it is hard to get um, to get yourself listened to. Well, I guess that's I think why you said it needs things need to calm down a little bit. People are so you know, worked up into a frenzy. I mean, I imagine we could still reach some of them. Uh, even in the circumstances now, it's just we got to remember anything we are asking these people to do is going to be dangerous in the circumstances that are over there. Did you have anything else, then? Uh, no, not, not this time. It's you know just something to 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 keep in the back of the mind. Um, you know, if you do, uh, have you strengthened relations? Yes. Have you strengthened relations with your um, the Zeitgeist members in Israel or the surrounding countries? Uh, well, I do not have any problem dealing with anybody in in any place in the world. I do mm. not have a, a problem of you from uh, from any country. Um, otherwise, I <laughs> I would not be talking to you right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, right. uh, what, what I'm asking so, is, is, do you have connections? As in, like, uh, can you communicate to other Zeitgeist members in the, I guess, Arab chapter? Uh, yeah, I, w I was talking. Uh, um, I talked to several members from uh, from the Israeli chapter several times, and uh, they were a lot open-minded, uh, much more than I uh, I used to think. Uh, actually, one of them is who recommended the documentary I mentioned before, uh, Peace Propaganda and the Promised Land. He recommended it for me, and when I watched it, what? He is an Israeli, and he recommends a documentary for uh, like that to me? Uh, I was shocked, actually. So I do not have any problem dealing with them. Uh, maybe I do not like Israel, but this doesn't mean I do not like you as a person. That's actually something I tell people to be very careful about when they start getting anti-Semitic or suggesting that it's a Jewish problem. 
Israel's government is corrupt. So is the United States government. So do we hate all white people? Do we hate all black people who happen to live in the United States? Obviously not. Um, I've talked... Um, somebody has the uh, an echo going on, by the way. I don't know who that is, but... Um, you know, we have to, you know, I've talked to people in Israel, in the Israeli chapter, and, and they made it very clear that, um, the you know, they really don't care about any of that garbage uh, that, that goes on, that, that they're not motivated by that. And um, they actually do, even as, you know, as surprising as this would be, they actually do also interact with the Palestinian chapter and apparently get along with them just fine, but they have to be careful about how they interact because... Um, they don't want to polarize the issue. They don't want the people in the Israeli chapter who would be turned off by just because any Palestinian was involved. You know, they don't want the Palestinian people to be turned off just because any Israeli is involved. And they don't want that to distract from the issues of the resource-based economy being what's most important. So the call suddenly got very quiet. I hope everybody's still with us. <laughs> but, um, I'm still here. Yes, I'm still here. But there is a lot of hope along that front, and uh, I, I'm glad actually to hear what you said, Gamo, that you know you you got to have kind of a life-changing experience because somebody from the Israeli chapter reached out to you, <laughs> and apparently to Terry's daughter too. What's she laughing at? Go, Gamo. Yeah. I. Yeah, like I said, I have no problem dealing with anyone from any place in the world. I just care about you. Uh, who, who are you and what are you like? That's what I care about, not where you are from. That's actually a an attitude that I really hope that the rest of the world adopts. Seriously, it's a beautiful statement coming from somebody in a situation like we have in Egypt. Um well, Gamo, uh, is there anything else that comes to mind before we close up this segment that you would like to bring up or to tell to the people of the world that are listening? Um, I want um, I want all of you to witness um, this critical moment uh, in uh, in the modern history. Um, what's happening in Egypt is gonna change the world, not just uh, Middle East, not just Egypt, uh, witness this moment and start thinking uh, about the, the situations in your countries. Is it really uh, the way you, th you think it is or they are just manipulating you to think like that? Uh, thank you, everybody. I love you all and I hope you live um, a very good, happy life. Thank you, Gamo. That was a beautiful statement, Gamo. Yeah. Now, to everybody else who's been listening, please feel free to do me a favor and spread this link on your own Facebooks, on your own Twitters, so that Gamo's message from Egypt can get out to as many people as possible. This information and this insight is really important, and it's not something that you're going to get in the mainstream media, and that's why people like me and Terry are trying to offer you alternative media. Uh, if this is your first time listening... Be sure to check out vradio.org, v-or v-radio.org, uh, where you can hear more archives of situated, basically shows like this, interviews with documentary filmmakers, activists, uh, scientists, different people, for example, who are concentrated in this direction. 
even if you don't support an RVE, I have plenty of programming for anybody who's interested in the freedom direction and, and understanding how corruption takes root in these countries. So I want to thank you again, Gamo, for coming on. I want to thank you for calling in, Terry, and, uh, and also you know, Dr. Zinn and the other callers that we've had today. Um, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in to V-Radio and for your support. And you're the reason that I do this. So Thank you. Everybody say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Gamma. Actually, very interesting. And yep. Dr. Oh, Zen. <laughs> oh, and don't forget, guys, you can check out uh, Terry's show. Um, you'll have to ask him about the schedule, but there are links to it you can find in the links area on Zeitgeist. Uh, basically, on my website, you know, you'll see a links area, and it's uh, the Zeitgeist you know, United Kingdom radio show. It's a really good show. There are links to other good radio shows like this one, too, like Z Radio, um, Rick Wolford's show. You can find all those links on my website. Uh, and do me a favor, folks. Tune in to, or, uh, not tune in, but register for the forums there. I have some polls that are up that help me to understand how you guys find out about V Radio. Um, and that was it. Thank you, everybody. I'm going to leave you with some words from Jacques Fresco and Roxanne Meadows. This is Roxanne Meadows. And this is Jacques Fresco. And you're listening to V Radio.